Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Give Jesus a shout out. Can you do that? So good. He is our story. Hey, it's so great to see all of you. Thanks so much for coming today. Uh, so honored and grateful. My name is David, and we are honored to have you at Radiant Church today. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 28. We're talking about Jesus and the resurrection today, celebrating Jesus rose from the dead. Next week, we'll start a new series. Uh, we're calling it Breakthrough. And here at Radiant, we have a vision of four things for your life, for you to go on a journey to know God. And you actually heard the Fennels talking about that just a second ago. They did a great job. Let's give them a hand. And Dan Fennel, you rock a bow tie better than anybody else, my brother. And... Uh, and then, and then next week, the whole series is really that idea of finding freedom. So the third is we want you to discover your purpose and then do ministry or make a difference. But that third one is finding freedom. So turning your back on the things that slow you down. We believe God wants to destroy the things that are destroying you. And so we're gonna begin a series to help you walk away from the addictions and some of those things. And so it's gonna be a great series. I'm excited about that. I wanna encourage you to come back next week as we start that series called Breakthrough. It's gonna be good. Today, I'd like us to look at Matthew chapter 28 as we talk about Jesus and Resurrection Sunday, Jesus raising from the dead. If you have your Bibles, let's go there. Then I'm gonna pray and then we'll study it for a few minutes, all right? Here we go. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse one. Jesus has died on the cross, was put in the tomb, and here we go. Famous text, verse one. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to, the, went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Yeah, that's good. Makes me think of little Keith Green. He's risen. Hallelujah. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. So there you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse eight. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. <sighs> Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Everybody say worshiped. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, say brothers. brothers. Go to Galilee and there they will see me. Skip forward to verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped. Say worshiped. worshiped. They worshiped him, but some doubted. 
And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. And we ask that you would open up the word of God to our hearts, to our eyes. Let us fall more in love with the risen Savior. Let us too become greater worshipers God, we love declaring who Jesus is in song. And we ask that we would also do it with our lives, that Jesus, that you would be worshiped in our lives and in our city and around the globe. And everybody said, amen. Amen. In 2015, I went with uh, three of my buddies uh, to Africa. And so we went to Zimbabwe. And all four of us had 10-year-old sons. They were all in the same grade, and they were all friends. And so it was really an amazing trip because we got to go literally hut to hut or house to house as we went with Every Home for Christ in Zimbabwe. And we had... We had kind of stayed in this little town called Binga, but then we would drive out to the bush and we would see people we'd never seen before and we'd tell them about Jesus. And it was really just fun because we had like our our dudes with us, you know, our 10-year-olds. And so they've, you know, like never really, you know, seen anything other than like Nintendo and popcorn and peanuts and movies. And now they're in Africa, you know? And and, and so it's just, it's a big culture shock. And we're going house to house and telling people about Jesus and praying for people and handing them the word of God. It was just an an amazing time. And one day as we were going back to Binga in a vehicle, we're driving and the four little dudes were sitting in the back and the four big dudes were, the four men were sitting in the front and and we're driving. And all of a sudden there is, there's elephants right by the street. Like we're on a dirt road there's elephants just right there. And our driver freaked out in fear. He's like, stop. He just paused and his eyes got all huge. And when your local driver's eyes get huge, your eyes get huge. <laughs> like, this ain't a ride at Disneyland, boys. Like, and so we just kind of looked around and, and it's kind of that mixture where we kind of felt like some serious, scared to death. And also kind of like, we're alive, guys. This is awesome. This is amazing. So we looked back at our sons to be like, check this out. And our boys are missing it. Our boys are locked into iPads playing Minecraft. Yeah, you're responding like I responded. Mm -mm -mm. Like, what are you thinking? Boys, we're in Africa. Put the iPads down. Put the phones. This is not screen time. This is awesome time. Look out the window. Like, this is amazing. Like, this is incredible. You're alive. This is awesome. And I was thinking about these disciples right here. If they could kind of talk to us today. I love all the different gospel accounts of the resurrection story. I think all of them have some awe and some marvel and some worship in them. I love the way in John 21 that we read about Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene and she is the first one to see him. And John gives us this story how she's in tears and Jesus says, Mary. And they have this kind of this moment where he's like, He's just like resurrected and she's the most broken sinner that suddenly he comes to and talks to. And 
It's this great picture of Jesus' love for the broken. And John tells us the story of then talking to Thomas and Thomas the doubter or the skeptic. And Jesus says, put your hand here. And it's a great sermon. It's a great message. It's a great idea for us to learn about how Jesus comes and he shows up in the midst of your doubts or your skepticism. And John 21, he goes on and he has this reinstatement moment with Peter. And I love John. He gives us like this personal touch. I love Luke. Luke gives us the great story of the road to Emmaus. It's the Luke 24 story where those two disciples are walking along the road. Jesus appears, walks with them. And after walking on the road with them and talking with them, they look at each other and they say, we're not our hearts burning within us when he walked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. And it's a great account to talk about Jesus showing up and our hearts burning and Mark gives us the shortest. It's the most brief, but it's the great moment where there's the message, go tell the disciples and Peter. And it's a great lead in to how Jesus hasn't given up on Peter. Like it's the disciples and Peter, like Peter, don't quit, don't give up. And yet Matthew gives us this one that I just, when I read it over and over again, I, I, I fell in love with, I see a theme of, of worship. Like Jesus appears and in the text here, we've got Mary and Mary falling over. And the text says, like clasping at his feet. And I picture it like, here is the response to the resurrected savior. They fall at his feet and they worship. And once you imagine what your response is on this Easter Sunday morning to the resurrected Savior. What does it look like for you to be a worshiper of Jesus today? Because then he shows up to the disciples and their response to him is it said they worshiped. And Matthew's got this theme that the only proper response when the resurrected Savior shows up on Easter is this I worship. And when we sing these songs, it is our confession, but there is marvel and awe and wonder in our hearts. And I, when I look at this text, like when I read Matthew 28, there's a whole lot of different things, a whole lot of different characteristics, a whole lot of attributes of Jesus that we could look at and it could inspire awe. It could inspire marvel. It could inspire worship. Like all of us are worshipers, every single one of us. God put within you a desire, a hunger to worship. You are a worshiper. The question is not if you'll worship, it's what you'll worship. And so here, <laughs> the resurrected Savior shows up and we've got Matthew giving his account and he makes this point where he tells the story of these people, Mary and Mary clasping at the ankles. I mean, at his feet, worshiping. And I just want to kind of paint a picture today where we could just maybe, maybe at the conclusion of the service, sing one more worship song and just have increased revelation, increased clarity, increased focus that says, there is a whole lot of other things that I tend to be distracted with on Easter. It's easy for me to be distracted with really good things. I love getting some pictures with my family and let's dress up and go find you some eggs and make the greatest meal and take a picture and post it online and have everybody say, you look so great. And it's so great to do a lot of those things, but both on Easter and with our lives, what would happen 
If we could just focus in a little bit more today and see that our response to who Jesus is and what he did when we talk about the resurrection is we worship. He is amazing. He is king. He is God. And I picture if the disciples could come and look at us today, these ones who the resurrection changed their lives, like the resurrection. I can only imagine where, there it is, the mount, Jesus appears, they worship, and forever their life is different. Like looking at each other, is this really happening? Yeah. Is it just me or uh, is this historic? No, this is, this is historic. Did, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus died, yeah, yeah, he's, he's back, he's back. He rose from the dead. He ro- this is awesome. He is God. He is king. Death could not hold him. The tomb couldn't hold him. He is alive, and this changes our lives. This changes everything. This is, this is not merely just a conversation. This is not just a holiday. This changes everything. And I think that we could just look at the text and we could, we could pull out some ways where we go, he's amazing, he's marvelous, he's Jesus. We worship, we celebrate him. The first one I see is Jesus' patience. If you wanna pull out an attribute or a characteristic, in this moment, angel, go tell the disciples. Yet Jesus says to Mary and Mary, not the name disciples, he says, go tell my brothers. Now here's what I see and go tell my brothers. Think about Jesus investing his life in these disciples. He's walked with them along the road. He's called them. He's trained them. He's prayed with them. He sat with them the Last Supper. He's told them whose father is. He has invested his entire life into them. And then Matthew records in Matthew 25 that they all deserted him. We know the story that Peter denied him, but they all deserted him. That's the word used. They like, can you imagine? And you and I, we we tend to feel so discouraged, like "Ah, I'm so messed up. I've deserted Christ. I turn my back and here's Jesus goes to the cross. These men that left him, these men that deserted him. And not only does he on the cross look at his enemies and he says, Father, forgive them. But three days later on Easter Sunday morning when he raises from the dead and there's this language to Mary and Mary, go, tell my brothers. He doesn't say, hey, go tell those deserters. Go tell those punks. Go tell those betrayers. Go tell those pathetic, weak, small, couldn't stick with me. No, he says, my brothers, go tell my brothers. And I read that and I see Jesus' patience. I see Jesus looking at these guys. and He's invested them. And now the risen savior, victorious king, he says, I'm not done with those boys yet. I've got a purpose for them. I've got, I've got more for them. Go tell my brothers. And I see this Jesus that doesn't give up on messed up people. 
Jesus doesn't give up on broken people. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what your story is. I don't know if you, maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus 20 years ago and you've had all kinds of different things get in your life to where your passion has died out, to where you've turned your back, to where you've decided I can't do this. And the lie of the enemy was to, will be to look at you and say, give up, you can't do it, you're too messed up. But there's good news for you today. It's the good news of the gospel. Jesus hasn't given up on you. Jesus has patience with you. Jesus has grace for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus is looking at you in the same way that he's saying to these disciples, hey, I've got a meeting coming with them in Galilee. He would look at you today and say, hey, I've got a meeting with you. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. This really isn't about your resume. This is about my resurrection. This is about who I am, not about who you are. And I can use even weak, broken you. And I want to invite you today to lock eyes with Jesus because he would call you sister, brother. You mean you're not done with me? No. And whether it's Thomas or Matthew or Peter or Philip, hey, hey, I've got a purpose for you. I've got, I've got plans for you. There's a lot of peas today. I've got, I've got a plan for you. He'd be patient. He'd be patient with you. This last fall, one of the great pastors of our generation went to be with Jesus. He was 85 years old. And his name is Eugene Peterson. And he's written a book called The Pastor that a lot of pastors have read. He was kind of a pastor to pastors. If you've ever read the message paraphrase, he's the one who wrote the message paraphrase. So he's helped many of us who have read that to connect with the word of God. He's an incredible pastor. And November 3rd, 2018 was his funeral and his son who was in his 50s stood up at the funeral and said, my father may have given sermons for over 50 years. You may have heard him come and eloquently speak on the scriptures Sunday after Sunday. But as his son, I want you to know that there was really only one message that he ever said that I heard since I was a little boy. It's this, God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you and he's relentless. And I wanna encourage you today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of false idea about Christ has caused you to want to punt on Christianity, want to punt and say, I'm out. But there were some dudes, some men who at one point said all in. And then when times got tough, ran. And the response of the resurrected savior on that Easter Sunday morning was my brothers. And on this Easter Sunday morning, you have a savior, a resurrected king that would look at you and he's chasing you down. He's coming after you. He's not giving up on you. He's going, hey, hey, let's have a conversation. I wanna talk to you and you can read it and you can read the way that he looks at weak, broken people, takes the ash heap of their lives, makes something new. So he did it then, he's doing it today, and I just want this message to get in us today. He's relentless, he's after you, he loves you for God so loved the world that he says, one and only son, that whosoever, me, yeah, you, couldn't be, then who? Yeah, you, me, you, 
Nah, you. Yeah, that whosoever, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is good news. This resurrected king, he defeated the grave. He possesses love and grace and patience for you. And your story is not about your mess ups. It's about him going to the cross, defeating the enemy, forever raising from the dead and taking you into a new life. My prayer for you today is that you go, he's so patient. He's so good. He is worthy of my worship, Mary and Mary, clasping at his ankles. He's awesome. He's good. And not only do we see his patience, but we see his power. He looks at them and he goes, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations. Just, let's just take that first. All authority. All? All. Does <laughs> so that say A-L-L? All? All. And we tend to go, whoa. Well, Jesus, I mean, he walked on water. Child's play. All authority. Well, he, he's, he, 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 I mean, Jesus, he calmed the storm. It's only a, a whisper. It's only a hint. You know, in Job 26, when it talks about creation, it says that we see just a whisper of his power. Who can know the thunder? <laughs> He's comparing whisper and thunder. Jesus, creator. We know that. He's a creator, right? Like John gets it at the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. So here they are. They're falling before him. They go, here, patient we worship. All authority in heaven and earth. On earth, Yeah. So it's more than just the walking on water. Yeah, all authority. Ah, that's a lot of authority. A-L-L, all authority. You have all authority. All, all, all authority in heaven. Like, like, the, like the heavenly scene, they cry out, holy, holy, holy. Yes, he's the worthy lamb. Heaven declares, wow. Earth declares, wow. Creation was made by him. There is not just like, hey, let's just go do some eggs and chill out and drink some coffee. Hey, I hear that church got some good coffee today. And then let's do, no, no, no. It is, ha, he is awesome. It is all authority in heaven and earth. Mary and Mary, they're, I mean, they're, they're clasping at his ankles in worship. The disciples, they're worshiping. And I want to invite you to worship. I want to invite you to say, this is not about me. My temptation is to make my whole world about me my comfort and my life and my vehicle and my car and that's the same thing and my uh <laughs> well unless you're an intern then it's my motorcycle and my no uh, i mean it's like uh, uh, my stuff and i want us today to just take this moment and go it's not about me it's not about the meal it's not about the pictures it's about the worthy lamb it's about jesus and just just, just increased revelation that we'd say, worthy. I just picture Matthew going, guys, see, I, I, you gotta understand, we worship. When, when the risen Savior shows up on Easter Sunday morning, Mary and Mary, the only proper response of the human heart is fall down and I worship. I give you everything. And I see, 
I see not only power, but I look and I just, I, I, I love him because I see presence. He says at the end of that, I mean, the very end, Matthew writes of Jesus, and surely I'm with you always to the end of time. He looks at these boys, not perfect, but willing. Not a great resume, but willing. And he goes, Peter, you in? Yeah. Matthew, you in? Yeah. Thomas, you in? Thomas? Not sure. Not sure. Be sure, Thomas. Be sure. Stop. Come on, Thomas. All right. And then he says, I will be with you. Just take that to the bank as his confession to you. I'll be with you. Yeah, but I'm going through this dark night of the soul. Yeah, but I'm going through this relational struggle. Yeah, but I find myself in debt. Yeah, but I got fired. Yeah, but, 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 hey, 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 shut up. I'm with you. You're with me? Yeah. Through the Psalms, through the whole scriptures, we find this characteristic of God. He's with you. And Jesus looks at his disciples. He goes, I'm with you. You want to worship? Meditate on this. He's with me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's with me. He's got power. And he's patient with you no matter what you're walking through, no matter what your story is. He's patient. I picture these disciples going, don't be casual. Don't be casual. Don't don't get your eyes on other things. Don't have your fascination with other things. Throw down the iPads. We're in Africa. Throw down the the treasures of the planet and fix your eyes. Worship the risen Savior. He's awesome. He's worthy. Our challenge is, is to say it, know it, but not live it. These disciples, the resurrected king, transformed their lives. They were never the same. John, exiled on the island of Patmos. James, Acts 12, 2, says he lost his life. You can go right through the disciples. They gave their lives. It wasn't a casual, like, hey, let's, let's eat some donuts and sing some songs and just go back to life as normal. Come on. I mean, let's watch some NBA playoffs and just have a good, no, no, no. It's, it's more than that. It's, 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 it's his, he's so worthy. He demands my all. He, he is worthy of everything. He's worthy of all of my life. And so they give their lives gladly. And I'm just saying that if you could fix your eyes on him a little bit today, then man, we may sing these songs, but these songs become the anthems of the way that we live Monday through Saturday because you're going, fill up the car with a little more worship and a little less sports radio. Why? Because I don't care about that compared to how much I care about holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it affects AI. I know I could spend a whole lot of my time just chilling in the hot tub, but instead I'm going to have a small group and help in the hot tub and, and, and talk about, <laughs> just kidding. That'd be a weird small group. Um, anyway, I rearranged my life to where it's about Jesus. It's not about my way. It's about his way. I just think it's really easy. I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be critical. I just live in America too. And I just think it's really easy to say it. And our big challenge in 21st century America is to live it. My parents had the shock of their lives in 1976 when they uh, were expecting to have one baby, but they accidentally had three. (laughs) And my parents had triplets. um, And 
I like to say that if they were expecting one, I was the firstborn. Um, I may have been the only child they ever wanted, but... Um, in a sudden change of their lives, uh, they had three kids, two boys and a girl, and five years later, another boy, and so they named us David, Dana, Deborah, Dan. My mom's name is Debbie, and my dad's name is Hal. And, um, <laughs> and my dad loves to tell the story about how when he had triplet five-year-olds, they all responded differently when commanded to do something. And so I heard this illustration as a child about me, and I'm going to give it myself. And he used to tell this story about how he would look at his three triplets and say, go clean your room. And Dana, uh, who Deborah and I feel like um, was the favored child, uh, she, they nicknamed her Dana Angel. I never got called Angel or anything like that. Um, neither did Deborah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Dana, when told, go clean your room, would begin to tear up and look back at dad and in sadness that her room wasn't already clean. <laughs> begin to cry. Yes, dad. And in tears, she'd go clean her room. Then there was Deborah. Deborah had, according to my father, not just my own evidence and critique, but Deborah, she had a fire in her eyes. She looked back at my dad. She make a face, look over her nose. Five-year-old, and she said, "Fine." <clears throat> Five-year-old Deborah, go clean her room. And then he tells the response of his son whom he loves, with whom he's well pleased. <laughs> in whom is all of his delight. <laughs> Five-year-old David, who was a bit shorter than those other two girls, <laughs> would look back at dad when told to clean his room and say, sure, dad, I'd be happy to. And never clean his room. <laughs> and I don't know about your sin, but I struggle with the same issue today, <laughs> where I tend to look at God and go, God, I'll give you everything. God's not dead. He's surely alive. Live on the inside. Roar like a lawyer. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, be like, oh, uh, what's up? Uh, what'd I say? A.W. Tozer says, Christians don't tell lies. They go to church and sing them. And I just want us on Easter Sunday morning to renew. This is more than a day for eggs and pictures and chocolate. This is a day where we sing these songs with our lips, but we live it with our lives. You're worthy of my worship. The resurrected Savior is King and He is Lord and He is going to return one day. And this is what lasts forever and ever. And I got no time to make my life all about me. My whole life is about Him. And I think Matthew would look at you today and look at me today and say, hey, just like those disciples, just like Mary Mary, fall on your face and go, you're awesome. You're holy. I worship you with my lips. And I live it with my life. Would you just bow your heads with me today?
If you're here today and you need a fresh start, like you just look at your life and maybe, maybe five years ago or two years ago or 30 years ago, you had a relationship with God that was vibrant, but man, it's just gone, it's just gone dormant. You've kind of gone your own way and you want a fresh start today. Maybe you're here and, and you've never even thought about this before. Someone brought you here and you want to begin a new life in Christ. I don't know where you're at, what your journey is, but if today you go, I want a fresh start. I want, I, I, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want, I want new life. Jesus rose from the dead. He possesses all power. He's God. His plan is better than my plan. I want his life. If that's you today and you just want to begin that journey with Christ or recommit your life to Christ, just with every head bow and every eye closed and no one looking around, just I'm not going to make you come forward or stand or anything like that. It's just between you and me. But if that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you, just, would you just raise your hand just wherever you're at? You go, that's me. I want to begin that journey. I want to refresh that. Yeah, I see that. It's good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right, would you just repeat this after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. I want a fresh start today.